Hi, I am Alexandra Woodier-Sharon. I'm the CEO and president of Empress Royalty. Empress is a royalty and streaming creation company focused on getting minds into production or helping minds expand their production capacity. We have a globally diversified portfolio of revenue generating assets. And we're looking to increase that portfolio, bringing some new additional investments in through our pipeline. The management and team, we have over 250 years of experience, completed over $6 billion in mining finance transactions, and we have a strategic relationship with Endeavor Financial, providing us with unique access to deal flow. Alexandra, good to see you. It's been a while. Was it something I said? I think I've seen you since <laughs> September 2021. Um, yeah, it has been a while. Like, like good, good to see you. Um, and uh, I know you've been busy, like, s sorting things out. So maybe a little kind of catch up as to what has happened since I last saw you in September 2021. What have you been focused on? We've been, been focused on the portfolio and revenue coming into it. So I think when we last spoke, we had just made sort of our initial investment into Sierra and PT, which is our Peruvian asset. Uh, we completed that investment. We increased our investment in one of our assets in Mozambique. Um, and with all of these sort of over the last year and a half, the revenue has been coming in from, as I said, uh, Peru, Mozambique, and now the revenue is coming in from our investment in Mexico. Well, yeah, I think I think I caught up with Mike Southers recently. Um, a good appointee down there at Luca yeah. Mining, they're called now, Altale of old. Um, look, I, I just want to I want to talk to you about you know how companies like you, I, I guess, stay relevant in, in the sense that you're of a certain size. You have been for the last three years, right? So I get the let's get focused on revenue. That's important. You, you kind of you kind of nailed that, but now you need to kind of move through the phases uh, somewhat. So from the base that you've got. Access to capital is going to be important to you. So when you're speaking to these kind of credit facilities, what are they looking for in you? What do they see in you? Why will they give you money? A lot to unpack there. I mean, we've been around for just two and a half years. Um, so we launched it with the concept with some expiration royalties. And we've layered, as I said, the, the development and, and revenue producing assets. Um, when we first took on our debt facility, which is around the time we talked last year or a year and a half ago, um, you know, we had one producing asset of about $100,000 a month coming in. We've now really, and we had no credit rating, we were a new company. So we really have proven that out with the revenue coming in and building ourselves out. Um, and that's what we're looking to do. We are in discussions to increase our debt facility now um, and to be able to, to continue to build the portfolio out. Right. Okay. So um, you are being listened to, you are having conversations. Um, I guess that's a question of the, the cost of that capital to you. Um, again, how, how, do, how do they judge that in terms of the kind of security that your current revenue flows um, give you and more importantly give give them again what do those conversations look like we're having different conversations with different groups um but you know we're much our credit ratings definitely um we're a much more secure company now with the revenue coming through and into the company um and with that we'll be able to bring our cost of capital down and continue to drive it so when we look at the debt facility you know we the price of that it has to be um cheap enough for us to be able to bring in a new investment that's at a higher IRR. So if our cost of capital is say 20%, you know, the investments we're looking at are north of, of 30%. That 20% number is not correct. That's not where we're at now. I'm just using that as an example, just to clarify. But we are looking at bringing the cost of capital down, um, which will then allow us to increase the portfolio, bring new investments in without having to dilute our shareholders. Right. Okay. So you, you talked about, obviously, give us some examples of, of, of current revenue flows. And I think in your PowerPoint, you talk about invested 19.5, projected revenue 
million. So it suggests you know slightly over to, you know two and a half percent time return over the next five years. Um, I, I think specifically, obviously, it, it will hopefully life of mine's longer than that. Um, but you're going to build up have to build up a portfolio now. So if you're getting access to new credit facilities, capital in, in whatever shape that you you, you bring it in, um, you're going to have to be competitive. There's a lot of a lot of groups like yourself going after the same types of assets. You are gold, silver, precious and precious metals. Um, so, what advantages do you have? Why are you going to be able to pick stuff up at you know reasonable rates and therefore you know be competitive for your shareholders? I think it's really important to note there are different types of royalty and streaming companies, and we often get we're all the same. We're competing for the same the same investments. In Ambrose's case, we're not. We are. You know, there's. Stepping back, there's three types. There's the expiration generation side. So inexpensive, um, you know, easy to acquire, but there's no guarantee it'll become a mine. And if it does, there's a very long lead time to revenue generation. Then the second category is buying third-party royalties. The royalties already exist. So again, it's pretty simple acquisition. It's just a matter of trading paper, but it's become highly competitive. You're part of a competitive bid process. You're paying a premium and historically the returns are low. And most important to me in this one is you don't have a direct relationship with the mining company. At Empress, we haven't been in a competing bid process to date. We're focused on origination and creation, and that's really leveraging off our experience. Um, so, you know, we're able to structure these agreements that work uh, flexible, that work the goals of all parties and really drive that revenue and, and focus our investment dollars into revenue creation. Um, you know, my background is I'm an ex-investment banker from, uh, from Endeavor Financial. I'm working with my old team at Endeavor. Um, you know, we know how to structure these complex streaming agreements. And what we were seeing is companies like Wheaton and the larger streaming companies are doing bigger and bigger investment sizes. And no one was providing this financing solution to the junior side of the market. And that is why we set up Empress. And I really, that is our competitive advantage. We have the relationships through Endeavor and our management and board. We know how to structure these more complex structures and as a result, get amazing returns. And we've had the concept and the strategy. We are now at the point after talking to you last, well, we're demonstrating that that revenue is coming in with those strong returns. Right. I think we talked about that. I do remember that last time in terms of the ability to find you know, good companies which are likely to get into production because you know that's when the, when the rubber hits the road. Um, and you, you know, I, I do remember that conversation about how you do that. But, but coming back to the the scale is is the issue for you guys because you may have contacts and you may know people and and that may you know put your head on in. in some aspects, but you're also going to need to demonstrate how you grow this company quickly. So access to capital is one thing, but finding the deals which will bring in the revenue at scale for you guys, that, that's the tough one um, here. Uh, well, maybe maybe market conditions are in your, on your, in your favor. I don't know. Tell me. Yeah. I mean, for, for us, um, we've, we look at a lot of opportunities again that come through our network. Um, we've rejected over uh, four deals over the last 14 months. We are not a company that is doing multiple deals. Uh, you know, we're focused on quality over quantity. And that has really been our business strategy and that is bringing the revenue in. We are a long-term growth story. I believe we are at that point of rapid growth with the demonstration of the portfolio with the new ones we're looking at. I've rejected four, as I said. Um, there's two we have exclusivity on now. We're through advanced due diligence, which means a third-party engineer has been to site on both of those, and we're going through the final portions of them now. But 
we're all large shareholders in this company. We're experienced in this industry. We are not going to make an investment um, and be pushed into making something that doesn't make sense, that won't provide great value and returns. Because again, we're all large shareholders in the company, like our shareholders as well. Well, it's a slight difference in management and, and, and shareholders, whether, whether how much, no matter how much equity you, you, you hold, you, you guys are on salary. So, so I want to focus on the growth of the share price because I, I would make money. I buy it at one price, I've got to sell at another. So t- talk to me about this kind of, um, this vetting process that you, you go through. You know, do, do you mean that you look at about 100, you choose four to kind of diligence at more detail and then you've rejected those? Or is, they, is that deal flow, you see four projects a year I mean, or 14 months, I think you said. How much is that? How much out there to be had? 100, definitely not. Um, but there are different deals that come like that we see. And they're ones that we've either, we know the management team, they're at a point now where they want to advance the project. Um, due to the equity market, there's a gap. So we'll provide, you know, they, they can't necessarily raise the equity. They've got a bit of debt. We can come in there. Um, there's other scenarios where they're private and they don't have access to the equity markets. We have looked at several deals. Um, they're ones that we haven't even gotten that advanced on because that's either too early stage, uh, the location isn't, we're able to structure there appropriately, or they have too many of the constraints in the project for a streaming or royalty structure to be successful. So, it's not a, it, we don't have a shortage of opportunity. It's finding the right ones that fit our goals right now. We have been very much focused on deals that are either in production or within six months of production. And that's to get the revenue coming in that we can then reinvest into the portfolio. There are ones that are earlier stage that I'd like to look at that are, say, 18 months in production. But right now, we need to have that solid revenue base coming in and bring down our cost of capital by doing that. Right. Okay. And, and just talk to me about in terms of where, where you look. So you talk about, again, presentation and uh, these, these um, press releases talk about, you know, we, we look globally. We're, we're global, right? So, yeah, yeah, Mozambique, which most North American um, royalty companies, all streaming companies, probably wouldn't look at. Mexico, um probably more likely to improve, I think of late has become, you know, much more attractive for sure. But is, is that an advantage to you being able to go and look globally and have a little bit more, I guess, not risk per se, but global view than some, some of the other uh, streaming companies out there? We are looking globally because we're able to get better returns, but it's also leveraging off our experience. You know, Endeavor and, and the team management team have been operating in Africa and South America since its inception over 30 years ago. Um, so we're going in jurisdictions we've operated in before. We know how to structure in those jurisdictions and able to get great returns as a result. Um, you know, we are not going to be going into Canada or the U.S. necessarily. We will be going into countries in Africa and South America, but our portfolio IRR is 30%. And we are higher risk and we are getting better returns as a result of that. Right. So you're saying, because well, okay, you, you've talked about you have, you have some of the portfolio in Canada, don't you? Those are just their expiration portfolios. So those are just the expiration, yeah, right? Okay, it's, earlier it's, stage. Probably, okay. Yeah, probably good to sort of like this recap right here on what are, what's in our portfolio. Yeah. So we started with the expiration royalties and that we picked up as part of our direct listing onto the TSXV. We carry no book value on those. We then invested the $19.5 million into four investments. One is a development stage in Mexico. One is the, the Talawetto mine, which is now getting into production. Another one was the Mexico, uh, the Mozambique mine that was development, now in production. And then we have the, um, the Sarah Antipiti mine in Peru, which we helped them expand the production. So we are very much focused more globally um, and on mines closer to production. Right. Okay. Gotcha. And what are you going to do with those? Um... 
assets the, the Canadian ones that you inherited you know there's some great ones that I think Ulshore is working on one of them at the moment um, but for right now they're part of the portfolio um, and we're much more focused on the revenue producing assets okay okay cool 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 um, okay so just then um, just in terms of um, what the next 24 months looks like for you is it just more of the same or is there something sparkling in the in the distant future that we should be um, aware of um, in terms of the again this growth story that you, you need to tell I think increased revenue is is not uh, nothing to be shied away from <laughs> consistent revenue coming in which we're just getting to that point now with Talawetta coming on board as well with that that silver credits coming in um, so you know we've got the, the proven ones still ramping up the Mozambique ones ramping up Talawetta owned by Luca you know they're at 500 tons per day they're going to be at a thousand tons uh, Mike Struthers is expecting by the end of this year that's if we did nothing else. That's over $7 million in revenue this year. As you mentioned earlier, over $50 million over the next five years. The excitement is bringing new investments into the portfolio. And that's what we're looking to do. Exclusively, we have two opportunities, both in Africa, um, both the producers helping them expand production. Um, and again, that will help uh, bring further revenue in, which we can then deploy back into the portfolio and maybe do some earlier stage, meaning within 12 to 18 months development stage projects into the portfolio. But it's continue to find these um, excellent assets that are bringing the revenue in. The, the, the I did I did kind of reference that earlier, which is the kind of state of the market, right? So for for royalty companies and streaming companies alike, these tend to be good times in terms of the inbound. I companies desperately looking for alternative means of financing, but the quality is, I, I guess, the debatable component and and the element that you need to focus on. So have you? Again, how, how you, you talk about having access to market, but it, does does the market conditions like this? Is it a good time for companies like yourself? Should you know? Should you be able to take advantage of it? Yeah, there's a lot more opportunity right now. It, it goes both ways. So when the market's really hot and buzzing, you have a, a lot, quite a few private companies that want to go public and there's opportunity there. But right now, there's a lot of companies that were sort of moving their way along. Costs maybe have gone up over the last two years. The equity markets aren't there for them. We're able to step in and provide some opportunities for them for financing. Um, and, you know, you, you were mentioning again about vetting these projects. You know, it it's, comes down to three Ps, you know, the people. And that's where we're able to use our network to establish who these people are, the places we're comfortable going in jurisdictions that we know how to structure properly. Um, and then, you know, the projects and that's where we have, you know, an engineer on our team, but I also have access to Endeavor Financial's entire team of mining engineers, geologists, to be able to vet these deals, to understand what, what the, the geology is, the mineralization, what the metallurgy is, to be able to really build these mines out and what the management team's capability is to operate these mines. Um, you know, and then once we get past that desktop review and we can agree with some terms that again, work for them in the big picture, then we're doing third party um, technical DD and that's with us going to site. And we hire specific groups that know that region, that uh, mineralization, that geology, to be able to give us a real fatal flaws test on the projects before we advance even further than that. Right. And final question. Okay. And it's a little bit left field. In, in, in kind of markets like this, where the equities markets have been absolutely beaten up real good, no matter what sector, what commodity you're in, it, it's beaten up real good. Um, do you ever wish you'd kind of maybe stay private or you know, 
done this as a private entity rather than a, than a public thing? Or do you think there's some real upside to be had? So? I think there's still definitely some real upside to be had. Um, I think that the, you know, staying, um, staying private doesn't give us the ability to grow the way we wanted to. And I think there's this huge value in this. Um, with the equity markets being where they're at right now, um, you know, again, it just creates a lot of opportunity. We were also able to, you know, we, we could have done a, you know, since we last talked, we could have done more investments in the last 18 months, but we have sat back as the market we knew was going to slightly go downwards. And that's given us more opportunity now. And it's timing that market and working out when we should be doing deals and when we should just allow the revenue to come in is part of our overall strategy as well. But why, why, is, why is that kind of purest view of yours better than some of, look, I'm not going to name names, I'm sure you won't either, but you, you are aware, because I spoke to lots of royalty companies and streaming companies and you know some good ones and some bad, but it, it's clear that there is a model which is just pile in the deals, just do the deals, you're going to get a, a, a multiple of, X on everything you put in there, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Why, why, is, why have you kind of got this purest view of trying to say, we, we've got to try and do the best thing we, we can because it's about long-term value? First of all, you know, we get asked that question a lot when we're comparing ourselves to peers. And I think everyone kind of looks at the royalty or especially other interviews that we're all the same. And I think that's really wrong. Different groups have different skill sets. And I think that to say you should be choosing one royalty company over the other royalty company, I think it's wrong. I think investors have multiple ways to invest in the royalty and streaming space. There are excellent exploration, uh, you know, prospect generators like EMX royalty. What they've done over there and Dave Cole done is, is fantastic. And that is something that people should have in their portfolio. Then you have other, you know, different types along the way. People should do their homework and understand where their risk profile fits. For us, it's revenue generation. It really is bringing that cash flow, which we believe actually drives real value into Empress and will reflect in the share price. But it's leveraging off our skills as financiers and knowing the industry. And that's what investors really get by investing in Empress is a diversified portfolio with people who have experience in the industry who understand this financial structuring. 